You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. NFL fans, welcome back to another episode of Opinion or Fact. I'm Jeff Hartman, one of the co-hosts here of the show. Joining me as always, Wesley Coleman. What's up, Wesley? How are you? Doing great, man. How are you? It's great. It's great to talk NFL football. Pads are starting to be done by most teams. We're talking about pads popping, and that's kind of where we are starting this episode of Opinion or Fact. Some of these injuries, man, and and it's it's brutal even through the preseason. You see these injuries. We're talking about mainly the big two, Jalen Ramsey down in Miami. He could be out anywhere. I've I've heard everywhere from he won't be back till December till he's still going to miss three or four months. It's a long time either way. Joe Burrow's calf injury looked really bad on film when you saw that coming out of that facility. What are your thoughts on those injuries? And really, the the focus here is: are these injuries in training camp and in the preseason? Is it a is it a guarantee? Is it a necessary evil part of the process, in your opinion? Man, um, well, first of all, I want to say that if you get carted off the field, I need you to miss at least two months. Um, this <laughs> this whole carted off and then back at practice the next day, I just I, I just don't have any patience for that. This that reminds me of Paul Pierce every time. Um, so, I mean, it's probably a necessary evil. Um, this is a physical game, and if you don't get physical and get explosive early and get as much as much practice as possible i think you're going to have problems in the season um man i don't know if the first three days you need to get too serious about just maybe moving around like we can't take for granted you know these professional athletes getting paid millions of dollars you think that they would start working out a few weeks or months before showing up for camp and there's some guys that do and then there's some guys that probably haven't been very active and 
basically yeah. come off the beach and step on the field. And I think that that results in injuries. I think the team doesn't need to take for granted that the guys are in playing shape the first, second or third day. Well, and a lot of people on the other side of that argument are saying that the ramp up period is not good enough for these training camps that, and I, that's kind of where I, I go. And I, I coached for a long time. I didn't coach football, but the, there's an acclimation period that happens anytime. I don't care if you're talking about a travel team in in baseball or softball, or if you're going all the way up to professional sports, there should be some type of period where you can feel like you're getting them ready. So most would say that OTAs organized team activities Phase three and mandatory minicamp, which is typically a part of phase three. That's your ramp up period. But then what do you do? They take six weeks off and then they're, they're doing whatever. Like you said, the, the serious players are still training. They're still working hard, but then you got those guys that aren't out there doing that. So my question is, is, is the NFL's off season, the way that it's built, is it not structured to help prevent maybe some of these soft tissue injuries early on in camp? You can never get away from the preseason, whether it's ACL, Achilles tendon rupture. Like those are going to happen. Like that's just football. And unfortunately, you hope it doesn't happen to your team. But man, the ramp up period, I just said the six weeks from man- mandatory minicamp until training camp, that doesn't really lend itself, in my opinion, to a ramp up. I'm sorry. I just don't buy that. Man, this just occurred to me while you're talking here, but like, is this the players and the players' association's fault? Because they've negotiated very hard to have less practices, shorter training camps, less physical practices. So, I mean, you kind of paint the team into a corner of how quickly or how slowly, how slowly they can ramp you up, but how quickly they have to. Right. Um, The the New Orleans Saints, for example, have a game in less than two weeks from when you're listening to this. Um, I mean, and and other teams are even even quicker. I mean, I, I don't think you can just go out there and. You know, you've got to learn something in that first game. So you literally do have two and a half or three weeks to get the team game ready. Now yeah. we can call it a preseason game, but it's game ready. You've got to get out there and you got to be prepared to get hit. And and ever, you know, starters are gonna play a quarter or however much. So maybe maybe this is the players association's fault that they've negotiated, you know, less time on the field, less practices, less time in camp. For now, I mean, the team has no choice but to to rush this along and get people going day one. I, I kind of disagree with maybe the first thing that I said. Now, that <laughs> when you're talking about that, I start kind of wondering who's to blame. Well, it still is on the players to make sure they're showing up ready to go. Like you have to make sure the soft tissue stuff. If I'm sorry, if you show up to camp and you're you pull a hamstring on day one or two, you are not ready for that type. You personally are not making your physical body ready for that. When I think about the ramp up period, the NFL is also in a lose lose situation in terms of head injuries. It would be a horrible look if they were to say, "Hey, what we're going to do is there's not going to be this lull anymore in between minicamp and, uh, or, you know, actually, I think what they should do is give them the six weeks off way earlier and then have OTAs and minicamp eventually just ramp up right into yeah. training camp. Agreed. And that way, you, there, there's not that time off. But like you said, you got to get ready to play this physical, violent game. And you can't do that without actually hitting. As much as they try and put the little pads on the top of their heads where they look like, you know, dark, dark helmet from uh, space balls, it's just not the same. And so the NFL is also not going to say, well, you need to start hitting sooner or we need to get you all like hitting more because that's going to mean that the concussions are going up. You've said it best when you said they've painted themselves into a corner. That's exactly what both the NFLPA and the National Football League have done. They're in separate corners, but it's really the same topic, and that's they're not helping the game, and they're not helping their players out, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and two things you just said I think are important is one, I mean, you know, these players should become in shape. I think it's pretty awesome um, that the rookie out of the for the Bears, Darnell Wright. Yeah. I mean, one, he got the wrong workout plan. He he somehow <laughs> read and has been working on the wide receiver workout plan, and he's an offensive lineman. So he came in and did the workout, and they're like, "You're done." He's like, "What? We're supposed to run four times this far?" Like, and so it's pretty funny. They said he didn't even break a sweat or start breathing hard. So now he may have accidentally done that. But he's not complaining about it. He lost weight, getting in shape, ready for the season. I think that these players, they owe that to the team, their teammates, um, and, and, and of course, even fans um, to do that. Because then the other point that you made, I mean, this is a physical game. And if you're not getting physical early, your team's not going to play well for weeks when the games really count in the start of the season. Uh, the New Orleans Saints last year were really good about getting to the point of attack and not finishing tackles for three or four or five weeks, I mean, to start last season. And it was very obvious that when they had a very veteran team last year, that they're very veteran defense at least, that they did not push them hard to hit and fully tackle in training camp. And the first month of the season was really bad tackling. Um, and also, you know, I mean, not stripping the ball. There was no turnovers being committed. And there's things like that that are just have to be a part of this game. It's an extremely physical game, and you got to figure out if your body's going to break um, by being physical with it. So it's kind of a, I mean, it's a double-edged sword for sure, but the point of this game is to win games, and you have to be physical in order to get there. So let's continue down the path of the NFL kind of screwing themselves here. You add a 17th regular season game and all but two teams, you cut the preseason from four to three. And so now it always used to be very scripted. Four preseason games, week one, you're just getting maybe the starters for a drive. And then week two, maybe a quarter. Three was the final dress rehearsal, and week four was like, hey, fringe guys, go out there and win your spot. That was how it was structured. Now with three games, well, everything is flipped upside down. Let me ask you, you cover the Saints, I cover the Steelers. We'll talk about this separately. How did the Saints handle their players in the preseason last last year? Um, Game four basically didn't exist. Um, like the, the old, the old way that game. Okay. So week three was still the dress rehearsal. Yeah. So the, the, the two weeks, basically two weeks off before the first game was just gone because that getting one drive in, getting one quarter in and then getting one half in, in three games has to happen there. I don't think there's any negotiation with that. Um, at least, you know, I agree with what the saints thought in order to be successful, you had to get those in. So that game of rest and also checking out the all the guys that were going to be cut and all um, and seeing those, you didn't get to see them as much for, for your team or for other teams. The Steelers, uh, they did, it was a little bit different with them last year with not having a, a, a solid starting quarterback. You know, Mitch Trubisky was the guy. Kenny Pickett, how are they going to rotate those guys through? But they kind of fell into that same pattern. You know, it's, it's interesting thought here that the Steelers don't do I don't know if the Saints do and that is have any joint practices do y'all have any joint practices set up this year yeah we have actually we're doing it with two different teams we're oh. with the Texans and the Chargers the Saints have always been a big fan of doing it we did it with the Packers last year um, but we've had different teams that uh, that's a pretty normal thing for the Saints and this year doing it with two different teams I think is an enormous advantage because we can Absolutely. basically scrimmage three more three or four more times than any other team can and it's, it's a more controlled environment. I, I heard this from David Stefano, who covers the Minnesota Vikings for Fans for Sports Network. He said that their coach actually had 
their starters play more in those joint practices where it was controlled, where they can say, hey, don't touch the quarterback. Like You can get there, just don't hit him. Compared to a preseason game when you're putting your quarterback out there and the other team is trying, hey, I'll kill the quarterback if it means I get a spot on the roster and I'm making money this year for my family. So they, they eliminate that risk in terms of preseason games by doing it that way. Really interesting approach. Didn't know if you wanted to chime in on that. Yeah, we had multiple veteran players who were established in the league that played really hard last year in the one-on-one practices with the Packers and did not suit up for a preseason game. Yeah. Um, and if they did, it was just kind of to, to look pretty on the sideline and right. show that they could still fit into their shirt. So let's, let's kind of wrap this up here. In your opinion, these training camp injuries, while they're always going to take place, is the NFL and the NFLPA by proxy, are they doing their players justice the way that it's formatted right now? Um, no, but I also don't think they care. Um, so like you said, they added a 17th game. (laughs) They've added an extra Thursday night game to just about every team with options of being able to flex into more Thursday night games. Um, and it's, it's not what's important. There's, there's another player behind them. The the viewership's going to be there. I think that, um, I mean, the contracts that they're doing uh, has been the most important thing. Having said that, I think that the, the players association constantly goes and negotiates the wrong things or if they negotiate the right things within a year they're complaining about well why wasn't this part of well it's because it's you didn't ask for it and you didn't hold out for it and you didn't demand it and it wasn't the money was your number one thing the money split was your number one thing and just there's so many players that complain about the 17th game so many players that complain about cross-country trips and thursday night games and games being flexed last minute they had an opportunity to stop all that, but the money dr- was the driving factor for them and the NFL. So, um, yeah, I think they're screwing themselves, but I also think that they're, they don't care because their number one goal is, is, is the money that's definitely working out. Absolutely. It's all about the money. It's always going to be about the money. Why does Roger Goodell make so much money? Because he makes the owners a crap ton of money. It's a billion dollar entity for a reason. He knows what he's doing, maximizing revenue. That's all they care about. Now, will they care if Joe Burrow goes down with an ACL and training camp and the Bengals are screwed for the rest of the season? Well, they'll only care if they're on prime time and they got to flex them out or something like that. But ultimately, they don't really care. (laughs) They don't really care. Yeah, I mean, we, we see with the, the commander's sell and you see what the, what the team was bought for. And you're seeing, I went back and saw a thing of multiple teams and what they've been bought for over the years and what they're worth now. There's tons of teams that as recently as the late 80s and the mid 90s were worth approximately $100 million or a little bit more that are now worth five, six, seven billion dollars. Oh, yeah. There is no asset that is dec- increasing in value as much as an NFL team. Uh, even close i mean there's there's just nothing that compares to it and, and what's happened i mean so they're doing it right if that's their focus but don't come and tell me that concussions and injuries and player health is the most important thing when when i mean clearly I mean, i'm okay with it the money's the money's the thing that's what it is absolutely injuries are going to happen we understand that but the question here on the table is is the nfl and the nflpa doing everything they can that is debatable wesley why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and with fans for sports network yeah, I'm uh, on the Dome Patrol podcast uh, covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find us on Twitter at, at Dome Patrol PCAST. And I'm also on Twitter at Hudat Wesley 13. 
Very good. You can find me covering the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Steel Curtain Network. And you can also find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Hey, make sure you check us out tomorrow, Tuesday, where we talk about rookie expectations. Are they even close to where they should be? We'll talk about it. We'll see you tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 